0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on November the 23rd, 2021. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, my co-pilot... Happy Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, discuss the games that we have played... Phil Spencer says some NFT games feel, quote, more exploitative than about entertainment. Warner Bros. Crossover Fighter Multiverse is officially announced. Rockstar Games apologizes for the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy launch. We're going to discuss the Golden Joystick Awards. In our community corner, Streamlabs drops OBS from the company name in response to a recent controversy. And if time allows, or our awakeness and attention span we will have a steam discovery queue timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics hello rage hello how are you caffeinated yep i'm getting there i'm about oh 12 ounces into my 32 ounce coffee mug
1: see i need to send you a mecha pot
0: you you could you should I've got a large box that just seems to be getting larger with all the things that I've needed to send you for months. Oh. Eventually, I'll send it, and you'll get a bunch of things.
1: Yeah, I got the air fryer. Got a book for you. May, ha- may have bought you another book. <laughs> Thanks. I won't tell you what it is, but when you get the box, I want you to call me.
2: Okay. Because, yeah. Are there butts inside? No. Well, well,
1: maybe. Sweet. No. Or or maybe not.
0: That maybe is good enough. I'm in. <clears throat> Anyways. There, there might um, be some
1: buts involved. Well, but we'll see, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if you can't tell, I'm feeling a lot better this week. You are feeling a lot better this week. And I'm... Yeah, last week... Uh, Yeah, I was pretty much just doped up uh, with painkillers because uh, it seems like anytime I have a cold, uh, the tail end of it is just a massive sinus headache for several days. And that was, uh, you know, in the middle of the last recording. Right. So not fun times. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And the thing is, I felt bad for like two days and then, you know, sinus headaches for a week right because of course so uh, games we played or do you want sure
0: (laughs) i don't i don't know if i like i don't know what to say like i feel fine i don't really have any like weird stuff to talk about that wasn't already discussed in the franken content um
1: yeah yeah so when i'm sick i'm not in the mood to play anything terribly complex which may or may not impact when we record the uh, g- the game club. We'll see about that one. Because yeah, also holidays <clears throat> and everything else. So one game I haven't talked about uh, that we can't talk about yet. I spent a lot of time on, and the other one is Animal Crossing, which I, honestly I've been playing it pretty uh, regularly uh, since last or since the beginning of this year. But also the DLC for Happy Home Paradise. Now, just before uh, the DLC launched, they launched a absolutely massive, uh, essentially many uh, free expansion as well. Uh, the 2.0 update, which is, was essentially a year's worth of updates that they didn't really get to put out because of COVID. Right. They never outright said that it was due to COVID. However. There was a lot of these half-finished systems that people data-mined to the game that was never implemented. Uh, and then all of a sudden, yo, know, it's like, okay, well, there's this new marketplace that uh, is opened up in this one area. There's uh, a new expansion to the museum. Yeah, it's, it's like all these individual updates that would that would have happened throughout the year all in like one massive thing. Uh, there's farming that's uh, been implemented along with cooking, right? And it's just a, a ton of uh, different stuff. And it's kind of overwhelming uh, just to figure out where you want to go with it. Because, you know, it's a lot of essentially daily... I hate to use the term chore for this, but, you know, it's kind of fits as well. And it's has sort of a mini Stardew Valley feel to it where, you know, you're going to... You know, tend the fields, right? Yeah.
0: I was I was going to ask, actually, like, how does it feel? You know, it, Stardew-esque versus, like, Facebook-esque versus, uh, I don't know, something else.
1: I would say technically somewhere in between because it's not a, a hugely deep system. I mean, if you look at it as game mechanics-wise, it's not a, a very deep system. It's, you know, plant starter or, or plant seeds, essentially either uh, starters for the plants or the end results like you know, planting uh uh, uh unmealed wheat will uh, give you a new starter of wheat and then if you water it uh depending on how many days you water it, in that in that growing cycle of 4 days it gives you more yield at the end so in the eventually if you water it enough you can fill up an area just with yeah, uh, you know, recycling your crops before you know, dealing with cooking, which honestly is a, a kind of... it's it ties more into terraforming and restructuring your island than anything else, because the way that you move stuff around, you have to get energy if you want to move something large like a tree or uh, break boulders that You mine every day uh, to have them respawn in a different place, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, you have to have energy, which you could just eat raw fruit. Or if you cook something, instead of getting like one or two energy, you'll get like three, four, five energies. But you can also use them as gift items, which gives more friendship points to that villager. So it's one of those systems that (laughs) technically you don't need to use it. But there's a benefit of making things easier if you do, right? Yeah. Uh, They added a coffee bar, uh, you know, a a cafe uh, called The Roost, which is a reoccurring thing from previous Animal Crossings, where you can uh, occasionally run into characters that are kind of (laughs) off-duty. You'll run into characters from the older games that don't really have a role to play in this game. Uh, You'll sometimes run into someone that... uh, Uh, just finished up what they're doing. Uh, You could run into villagers. You could actually run into villagers that's left your island. Because Mm -hmm. there's a system where uh, you can only have 10 villagers on your island at a time. And eventually somebody will ask, "Uh, Hey, uh, I'm thinking about moving. What do you think? And you always have, like, the final say. You know, it's not like the past uh, games where, you know, suddenly, you know, uh, know, your best friend just suddenly moved away without any uh, word, right? Yeah. But they could sometimes show up, and if you have the Amiibos, uh, the Amiibo cards for them, uh, you could actually call them on the phone and invite them over, which is kind of neat. That is cute. Um, I'm, I, I mean, it is you know, tied into a, you know, a paid thing, right?
0: As I was unless, gonna say, it's tied into uh, the uh, Amiibos,
1: uh, which kind of sucks. Uh, unless you sail the seven seas, yarg. Yarg. Yeah, which I definitely do not have a bunch of NFC coins sitting on my desk right now. Totally don't. Yep. Nope. Don't you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do such a thing. No, no, definitely not. No. Uh let's see. Uh they reintroduced uh captain from or captain from uh the previous games that take you on mystery tours to different islands. Uh, for resources and uh it could also be a different time of the year on these islands. So think of the four seasons as like uh, your overarching biomes for collectibles. Yeah. And uh, he could take you to an island where it's suddenly spring, and if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, yeah, right now it's autumn, so you could get resources that you normally couldn't get unless you go to an island in the Southern Hemisphere uh, to <clears throat> be able to craft different things or get recipes that you otherwise couldn't get. <clears throat> And it's the same for the other seasons. I mean, right now there's not a counter... There's not a... Uh, yeah, another hemisphere that has winter right now. Yet, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you get a winter island, you could get resources uh, that's uh, unique to winter. Or, you know, summer. Uh, there's islands that uh, have crops on them that you could, uh collect to uh, take back home. There's ones with uh, rare plants that you could get there's d- different ones with different re- rare resources that you could get and it's another one of those you know daily things that you could do
0: yeah that's very cool actually i like that the the different seasons mm-hmm. cuz when the last time that i played i mean it's been a long time but the last time that i played it's like okay you know, the seasons are nice, but if I miss something, like, I don't know if I'll be playing this game again in a year.
1: So I being mean, able technic- to get access to those things. I mean, technically, the game doesn't tie you down to real-world time. If you want, you could turn the clock back on the Switch. And there's That's nothing true. that really prevents you from doing it. Uh, uh, outside of some upcoming uh, 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 holidays, or time locked to a minor patch from Nintendo.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's about it. So, like, yeah, whenever they update, uh, like, if they do an update for uh, uh, Christmas, for example, since Thanksgiving's too close, uh, if they do an update for Christmas, they might time lock that so nobody could access it until, like, the 20th. Yeah. when they would release a small patch. But outside of that, you know, you just uh, essentially time travel. Uh, to whenever uh, you want to get resources, if you really cared about it. But honestly, you know, it's one of those games where you, it's kind of a ritual of, you know, play it for you know, half an hour or so, grab some resources while you're at it. If you really want to get a little crazy, uh, focus on uh, getting particular things, like getting fish, uh, bugs, that sort of thing, to fill out the museum. What's that? Something else is that if you feel, if you complete a uh, wing of the museum, uh, they give you now a poster that you can hang up in your house uh, that shows all the exhibits from that uh, section. Yeah. Uh, let's see what I mean. What else is there? Uh, and really, just a bunch of uh, new stuff. Yeah, you know, more recipes, that sort of thing. And then there's the DLC, and the DLC is an, a, a bit of a different take on things. So uh happy home paradise it's essentially you get pimped out to this other organization like hey this guy's d- done really good at uh designing things around here he should d- go design vacation homes right okay A- and you get uh essentially rec- uh, vol- uh volunteered <laughs> to go join this other group assuming you get the dlc of course um uh, uh to join this other group that designs and builds uh, vacation homes for uh, different people. And it's really a way to interact with a lot more of the cast of Animal Crossing. So Animal Crossing, the villager list is massive. It's almost 500 different uh, characters before you get to, like, special characters and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And while there, a lot of them are kind of interchangeable, they're all still unique as well. Where you know, you'll have you know the overarching personalities you know kind of act the same, but then you might ha- you know kind of fall in love with a particular character. You know like the big darling for this re- uh, this version has been Raymond, for example, which is kind of a snooty cat in a suit, mm-hmm. right? That everybody seemed to love. Yeah. Well, because you're only limited to 10 villagers, you, know, you rarely rotate uh, out characters because you, you don't want to... You, know, you, you want to build up that the relationship, uh, relationship, so right? Yeah. You, you don't see a lot of characters. Well, in this, you see so many more. <laughs> it's actually quite surprising just the amount of characters they throw together. So you get contracted to design vacation homes. And you're told essentially a general theme that the character wants and a handful of items that they must have in this plot of land. And then you're just told to essentially go to town. And it's building... It's kind of what I like doing in The Sims of just building homes and building uh, designs. You know, essentially architecture. And... As you progress through the DLC, which you do so by building more and more homes, uh, there's 40-some different types of plots, but you could uh, essentially stack uh, characters on the same plot of the plot of land, but it's kind of of a timeshare, but kind of not, where it's the same layout, but it treats it like a completely different instance of the area. And it's kind of relaxing of just sitting there and doing your thing, you know, building up, uh, uh, this, yeah. You know, uh, one character wants to have, you know, essentially a, uh, a fair ground. <laughs> so, you know, you build a fair around their house and like an arcade in their home. Another one wants an uh, underwater paradise. So, you know, you build up a, this beach form and and, in their house. It looks like they're under the water, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's kind of detached from the main game in that it's its own archipelago, but also it has its own focus of game mechanics where uh, a lot of the base game of Animal Crossing is about collecting stuff. You know, it's that OCD of collect-a-thon. You know, get all the bugs, get all the uh, uh, pieces of art. Get the different types of furniture, that sort of thing. Well, this... You're not tied down to having to build everything. You're not tied down to having to buy everything. You're... As you progress through the... Essentially the story, as it were. Because, yeah, you're kind of contracted out to this design group that also is building up this main island to be like a small town as well. You know, building up a cafe, a a school, a, a restaurant eventually a hospital, that sort of thing. Yeah. As you build uh, this up, you know, you get to know uh, this small cast of, uh, of coworkers. You know, you have uh, the gentle uh, giant Waller, uh, uh, Wallace. Uh, then you have Lois, uh, the... Uh, uh, I think she's some sort of... Uh, she's an otter, I think. And then you have uh, Nika, the little uh, spider monkey. Uh, who's very energetic and go-getting, and and you get to know these characters. And it's very sweet and supportive, uh, all uh, three of them, uh, to each other and to you. Uh, And as you progress, you also uh, get uh, this new currency, Pokey, that you get to spend in the shop there, but also as you unlock more things through the campaign... You can bomb directly uh, from uh, the uh, shop as well. And it has an amazing amount of stuff in it. Uh, if you get deep into designing things, it is just kind of a, a nice, you know, kind of uh, kick your feet up, uh, drink some tea, and just, you know, build a house that's on fire. Right? <laughs> Right and and no, I'm not joking. That's one of the themes that one of my uh, oh. one, one of them wanted was essentially a, a a house that was full of uh, fire and flames and uh, and uh, smoke and <laughs> and it was just it was just hilarious because it unlocks like all these flamethrower <laughs> uh, uh, pyrotechnic things. Yeah, but the thing is, as you progress through each house, you also unlock more stuff permanently. So then you can go back to the other ones if you want to remodel. And then you could also eventually have roommates and uh, work with their uh, uh, shared interests. And there's also some sort of VIP mechanic that I haven't unlocked just yet. And it is actually a long DLC. I, I thought it was going to be, you know, one of these uh, you know, kind of one and done. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, uh, how many times can I actually design something and be done with it? But uh, the, the themes actually throw a lot of interesting mechanics into things where, you know, y- you unlock, oh, uh, well, that's a, kind of a neat, uh, like, you know, uh, uh doodad. Uh, uh, what can I do with that, right?
0: Yeah. And so
1: it's you also, a good
0: theming, a good tool set. Yeah. It's, it's mechanics are done really well, so it doesn't kind of overstay its welcome.
1: Yeah, and they also start to introduce more and more mechanics. Like, uh, Nico, uh, uh, after discovering that you are are some sort of DIY master because of the base game, because, right? Yeah. Uh, He's starting to tinker with stuff as well, and you put materials in his uh, DIY box. So after work, he goes in there and starts building things, and he's uh, uh, unlocking more and more... Reci- uh, recipes for you to uh, that he shares with you uh, to be able to use in your designs. You have more, like, uh, 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 pillars that you could use in the houses, uh, 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 tables, uh, that sort of thing. hmm and, and they also introduced a few other mechanics, like uh, uh, partitions that weren't in the base game, where you could uh, essentially... Build a uh, or quartering a room off into uh, smaller sections, uh, uh along with uh, load partitions where you know, it's kind of just like building a, up a bar or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the pillars I mentioned, uh, the, and they also and uh, don't laugh—they have a polishing mechanic.
2: <laughs> That's really
1: you, cool, though. Well, where you could uh, polish things and put different effects on them. Yeah. As well as taking uh, custom. Uh, uh, textures that you get either design yourself or download from the internet from the absolutely massive, but also sometimes hard to navigate, <laughs> a custom, uh, custom design portal uh, in the game. Yeah, I feel like and, that works out though. Yeah, and uh, uh, put different effects on things. So you know, uh, I've seen some absolutely amazing things. Like somebody built a Harry Potter themed house. And they took the uh, polishing effect mm-hmm. and put the flying keys from the book in it. So it, it, it was actually quite striking just how much you could do, you know? Yeah. And honestly, you know, far more creative than I, I feel like I ever would be, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's also the ability to go in and look at other people's stuff and that sort of thing. And it's... uh. A lot deeper than what I thought it would be. I kind of got it on a lark as, yo, know, uh, yo, know, this will be an interesting thing to dabble with as I play the main game, but honestly, I've spent more time with the, with the DLC than I have the main game lately. Which is right. saying something, right? Yeah, because you, I mean, you like it. You, <laughs> you like the base game a lot, so. Well, like I said, it's kind of a ritual of, yo, know, get up and play that for a bit, yo, know, uh, as kind of a wake up and you know, wake up, uh, drink some coffee, touring around with some Animal Crossing, see who's on the island, uh, what the hell's going on, right? It's a good way uh, for you to start your day, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's been my game, and I've been talking for it for what about half an hour, so yeah, a little bit, but yeah, glad you like it. Okay, um, I did an impulse
0: buy after watching uh my youtuber play this game a bit. Uh, it's called Sprocket. Um it uh wasn't what I thought it w- was going to be. Um it's also not like it's it's still relatively early in its development. So Sprocket is a tank design game. Um, where you can click and drag and morph things around. And it, it's divided into eras, but, you know, it's essentially you're designing a tank to complete a challenge. I mean, there's a free design mode where that you can, you know, just go and, and mess around. But otherwise there are eras like World War I, um, there's a couple of World War II scenarios, um, you know, and, and you go and, and you design a tank to complete... Whatever the scenario is. And you can design, you know, real-world tanks. You can design, like, some really weird stuff. Um, and it, it all handles pretty well. Um, the basic mechanics are there for a game. Like, you know, there's, there's physics. Um, you know, you have to design tanks that conform to at least, like, a certain basic set of rules. Like I'll talk about some of the weird stuff you can make that the game gives you a pass on in in a little bit, but take the the World War One um, you know challenge for for example. So what it, what you're doing is you design a tank to charge across no man's land and destroy some artillery pieces before you get killed, and based on your tank design. Um, you get a certain number of AI buddies to help you out. And if you pick like a small, cheap tank, you get a bunch of AI buddies. And if you make a tank that's like really big and expensive, then you don't get as many ally friends to to help you out. And it, it lets you use real world designs from the era so that you have either a starting point or a testing spot to get to get used to the game. And it just drops you in a designer otherwise with like no information other than, like, what you see in a few graphs. So you've got two bars, you know, the external size of your tank, um, and its internal space. So weight, armor, um, guns, ammo, fuel, internal and external, little things that might help your crew out in a situation, like extra tracks or, you know, tools to unstuck your tank. You know, like all kinds of stuff you can put on as sort of decoration. Some of it's functional functional, not all of it is. But you just essentially have to play with all of these meters and sliders and stick on parts to build a tank. Um you have crew that you have to assign, and it it just you know, it lacks serious tooltips. Um and so you just have to mess around with it and create a bunch of tanks that ultimately fail because the game doesn't tell you exactly what you need to do differently. It'll tell you like failed, whatever, like, you know, no, no space for crew. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, according to the graph, I've got enough internal space for all of my crew to fit. I have them assigned to their position. You need a seat. And it's like, well, it's like, you you know, you, you designate a spot on the tank and and it puts like a little dot there for like where they're driving. And it's like, you know, maybe you misclicked and the little dot is actually outside the tank. And it's like, there's no space for your crew in the tank because you designated their seat outside the tank. And it's like, well, shit. That's That shouldn't work. Like, it's like, you know, one, it feels like the game shouldn't allow you to do that. And two, it should be able... Like, I feel like this type of game should be sophisticated enough to tell you, like, exactly what the thing is that you've done wrong. Um... It doesn't tell you, so designing a gun turret is the most frustrating experience in this entire game because you have to design a gun turret that's balanced properly for the tank design that you've made, which you you might think, okay, well, that makes sense. I need to have a balanced gun so it can turn and swivel and rotate and adjust, you know, its its, uh, pitch so that you can shoot, you know, straight or in an arc or whatever it is that you're trying to do. But different tank designs require different gun balances. So even though, like, you might design a gun that's perfectly balanced, if you put it in the wrong hull design or the wrong turret shape, then it, it still doesn't work. And so I never really figured out how to design my own tank gun because what would happen is that the barrel would droop, which, ha-ha, you know, per- sounds like a personal problem there. Um, barrel's drooping. But anyways, the barrel would, would like, just very slowly, like, make its way to, you know, to pointing at the earth, and I couldn't quite figure out why, and you... So you have to also, beyond just designing the basic shape for some of these things and attaching parts to them, some things have additional modifiers, like your tanks, engine compartment, you know, you have different engines that you can put in there, different, you know, size engines and types, and you can... Make them, you know, have more horsepower or um, give them different gear ratios and things. And you're balancing it against how much fuel you have and how much ammo you can carry and all all good stuff for like a tank, you know, for like a design game that's trying to be sort of at least somewhat sim-ish. You know, they're all good things, but they, you know, it's menus within menus within menus. And it's not very easily navigable. And there's very minimal tool tips, which I've already mentioned and very minimal in the way that it gives you in terms of like help to figure out when you're doing something wrong. Um, the design stuff at the very least is, is pretty straightforward. Like, you know, messing around with it. Didn't feel like um, it, it wasn't a chore for the most part. It's just drag and drop. So if you want to change the shape of your hull, you move your mouse cursor over until it, you know, you select the, the panel that you want or the, you know, maybe a corner or something like that, and, and it'll highlight it and you just click and then you drag and it, you can make it whatever shape you want, sort of within reason, but it definitely makes, lets you make some impossible designs, um, because you can create like, so, okay. So one of the thing tanks that I made for the World War I scenario was I made a tank That was really long, like a really long triangle. So the armor was super duper sloped, obviously, with the triangle. So most of the incoming shots would bounce off. And then I put a gun turret on the front, just like sticking out of the front. And I had to move the whole tank to aim. But because it wasn't mounted in a turret and was instead mounted in what I think is called a spalding mount. Um, So it had a very minimal amount of movement. For the most part, you had to move the tank to aim. But that meant that I didn't have to worry about installing stuff for a turret and dealing with all that. So my gun was just, like, balanced and pointed forward the whole time. It was very wrecked. Uh, and because it was a small tank, it was fast. And the, ta- the World War I tanks are very slow. Because it was a small tank, it was, it was relatively fast. It could hit, like, a whole 12 miles an hour. Um, okay. And it was long, so it could get across the trenches. And that's eventually how I beat the first one was making a tank that like really wouldn't work in real life. Like the long I think tank was long. The, yes. Long tank was long. I think you would have had to have had like your crew lay down inside the tank. And I just don't, I don't think that would have worked very well. Uh, who knows? Maybe they did it somewhere and I just don't know that, but yeah, it was just a long triangle tank. Um, I tried a few sort of, using the world war one tank designs and I did okay with those and then take trying to design my own sort of world war one esque tank. I mean, I pl- played around with some of the world war two tanks as well. Those scenarios are a lot more dynamic because you're, you know, one of them, for example, is like you're hunting other tanks. And so you have to design your tank and, you know, take it and have however many allied, you know, AI tanks you get and go hunt down a group of enemy tanks it's like nighttime and stuff um but anyways it's it's fine it's got a very good concept it's a good idea you know applying this sort of design you know sim like design a tank complete some challenges you know do some fun stuff um you know it's got a good idea it's got a good base for a system it's got a good um their, their design engine is good. Like, you know, whatever they're doing, it works really smoothly. No issues, no crashes, at least in the time that I played. But, I mean, it just needs a lot of work to make it understandable to people playing. It needs more tooltips. It needs that's a better... game
1: of games that uh, didn't get enough playtesting from people that wasn't the designer.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest problem. Everything's functional. It, you know, as far as I can tell, works fine. Certainly would benefit from additional scenarios and equipment and stuff like that. But, you know, those are all things that can be added in through development, you know, through the development process. But what it really needs the most focus on is its UI and some helpful tooltips tips and some tutorials. Um, I mean it's it's a it's 20 bucks. I was sort of convinced into an impulse buy. I have refunded it. I played for about an hour. And I refunded it because I'm like, this game is still kind of half-baked. And if they fix it, you know, if they they develop it further, I would buy into it again. But I get the feeling that this is going to sit in my, um, you know, and that this would sit in my library for a long time, and I might not come back to it, as opposed to something, you know, other games where I have bought in and then come back and checked in on them a few times, like um, the original Train Fever and um Factorio was like that Kerbal Space Program was like that um you know games where that I have came back you know to check on them you know six eight months later and we'll do that multiple times until the game is completed development like I just don't think that this is one of those so I refunded it and if it gets like I said if it gets much improved uh, I'd give it another shot I think that the only people I could really recommend this to at this point is like someone who is a diehard like tank and tank design enthusiast because I don't if there's anything else like this on the market anywhere else I've never seen it very unique in what it what it does and what it offers it just half baked at this point so yeah games we played
3: Woo.
2: we
0: did it now sleep no, I'm kidding. Um
1: How about a game that Phil Spencer doesn't want to play? Right.
0: <laughs> right. There you go. There you go. Um, so, yeah, Phil Spencer. Uh, oh, God. No, go away. So I got <laughs> a cookie pop-up thing. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Phil Spencer uh, says some NFT games feel more exploitative than about entertainment, which. No shit? I mean, no. we, we talked about this a couple, three weeks ago when we discussed NFTs um, and, you know, I gave like a, a hardcore crash course on like blockchain technology. Like, absolutely. There's, I don't see a way that this could be done without it being exploitative by the companies that are going to do it. What I really hope this isn't is Phil Spencer being like, yeah, that's really scummy. And then like, He, you know, he turns around and he does it with Microsoft in a year or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've had this kind of kind of this conversation before. Like, Microsoft is still like, you know, an international corporation, you know, worth billions and billions of dollars, and inherently is is kind of scummy. But you know, in the games sphere, Xbox is you know pretty all right. Microsoft is pretty all right. So,
1: all things considered,
0: yeah, all things considered, Microsoft. In this field, not that bad. So, I mean, and Phil Spencer has made comments about stuff like this before and hasn't done them. I think, I think, I hope this is just kind of an observation that grabbed a few headlines. You know, sort of a little bit of publicity. Like, "Mm,
1: yeah, that's kind of scummy.
0: And people are like, "Mm, yes, Microsoft it is. Thank you. Good job. That's that's what I'm hoping
1: it is. Yeah, sorry. I I was seeing some late-breaking news. Uh, it's Activision, so right. Activision forms workplace responsibility committee does not remove Bobby Kotick as CEO. Of course they don't. Of Speaking course. Speaking of uh, scummy things, right?
0: Yeah, worse than an apology. Jpeg is forming another committee that's not going to do anything.
1: So moving extraordinarily on? <laughs> I'm joking.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean the apology. I mean- Jpeg is not the next. The next one.
1: I mean, me. this one is kind of just a lot of you know a nod and agree, but at the same time, I do also agree with you, is that, okay, well, actions speak louder than words. Don't do this, right? Yeah. Or you know what would uh, really put a, a damper on this? Uh, saying that Xbox isn't going to support any studio that does this, right? Yeah, that would be good. That would
0: be meaningful. I don't, I don't think we're going to see that. Seems unlikely, but I could be wrong. I have been wrong before.
1: I mean, uh, we could uh, dream, right? Yes, a boy can
0: dream. Um, okay, moving swiftly on.
1: Um... Yeah, I figured that one'd be a short one. and Just <laughs> you know, kind of nod and say this, right? Yeah. So, um... Warner Brothers uh, uh, has created their own free to play Smash Brothers clone. Woo. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. I, this seems to be the thing now, doesn't it? Yeah. Is this swiftly becoming a thing now that Smash Brothers. Uh, well, I'm not sure why it's a thing now because Smash Brothers has been a thing for a long time. Could it just be you know, because of all the hype from the last few major DLC characters? Perhaps. Or, just, or, or just how crazy things went with uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate?
0: Perhaps I mean you know the zombie's trend has been on the decline um for for a hot minute now, maybe the uh character fighter what
1: is what is what is I guess that would be the or a crossover fighter how about that yeah, where it's a lot of characters under the same umbrella but that don't interact with another third or normally good example of this is the recent Nicktoons one, where it was like all the old school uh, Nicktoons characters uh, that mostly didn't inter- interact. There was some crossovers back in the day, but for the most part, they were their own things. Well, they did a uh, character fighter, and it was okay from everything I heard. Uh, it, uh, the big uh, downside of it is that they didn't have voice acting in it, which is weird for cartoons, right? Yeah. I mean, even re- just reusing clips, right? <laughs> well, it could just be, you know, one of those things that was uh, yeah too much effort, or I don't know. Uh, but Warner Brothers is it coming into things now, right? Yeah. And Warner Brothers has a stupid amount of Characters that they could draw from. I mean, Space Jam is a good example of this. Honestly, Space Jam, uh, the, the, the latest most one. of uh, the DC universe. Well, 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 I was just well, while well, I was saying, no, no, that was pretty much the entire plot of the new Space Jam, based on a couple of video, uh, video essays I've watched about it. Yeah, uh, and them not being uh, self-aware enough of uh, them saying yeah, this is bad, and then totally doing it. Right.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but I mean, okay.
0: So could this be a good thing? Well, no. Warner Brothers
1: is attached, but aside yeah. from that, maybe. Uh, I, mean, I mean, first of all, it is free to play, so that is kind of a-, a green and a red flag because red flag, yeah, you know, this is going to be highly exploitative on some sort of record transaction because it always is, right? Uh, but it also, yeah, you know, rumors the. Need a sixty dollar barrier of entry to try something because yeah Smash Brothers, I probably wanted to try it out if Anita didn't grab it because you know it I'm not huge into fighting games, honestly, still not, but at the same time it's you know uh, she grabbed it to uh play, and you know I was able to play off the physical copy that she got, and yeah, you know, I had fun with it yeah right yeah, I mean so it it could be be good. It could be a good game. And and they also are bringing in the voice actors. So Kevin Conroy for Batman. Uh, i trying to to find uh, uh, Maurice Williams, which is the modern, uh, pretty much Looney Tunes voices Uh, for quite a few of them. Tom and Jerry. uh, I mean, uh, Steven uh, Universe is in it. I mean, it's really... Diverse already, and yeah, they've just announced it. Let let, let alone the fact that yeah, they're going to add a lot more to it if it's uh, popular. Yeah, and it's using the Smash Brothers model of there's not really hit points. It's essentially seems like as you deal damage, you uh, get more and more knocked back until you're essentially knocked off the level, or get some sort of critical hit. Yeah, it just. I think my big problem with this is that. It looks also sluggish. And I mentioned that to you before we start, uh, started recording and uh look at have you looked at the video? Yeah, I've looked at the video. Um I mean some is obviously slowed down to show off a particular move, but even when they show yeah, you know, the big fights, it does feel very slow. That could be by
0: design. And I mean, no. I don't I don't I don't know. Someone might disagree with me. Someone who has a lot more maybe experience playing these types of games in tournaments. Because Smash Brothers isn't the only one of these to exist, but I mean, it's, I think... Hollow is probably the other
1: uh, big one right now. Yeah. Or big um,
0: Yeah. But, you know, I don't know if necessarily it has to be fast to be good. I think that for the average player... I think there has to be
1: a certain pace to it.
0: There definitely has to be a certain pace to it, but, you know, if they get the balance right on how much damage it takes to be knocked off the stage and... Um, how the characters interact and what their move sets feel like a slower pace could be good for the sort of average player who's not competing at a tournament, you know, level. So,
1: well, it also depends on uh, just how they have the different characters set up so that it looks like they want to do more essentially uh, supportive roles as well with some characters, which is not really a thing in smash brothers. I mean, there's some, but not that much. So, uh, for uh, the exa- one of the examples they give is Bugs Bunny. Uh, he could create a tunnel that uh, allows pl- uh, characters to warp through the level. But, yeah, that could also be you know, really exploited for trolls, right? So, uh, that kind of has me a little leery of it as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, it's one of those things that we'll just have to wait and see... How it turns out, it's just, I mean, that, you know, that big WB on it, Mm -hmm. you know, does not, does not make me feel good about this game.
1: Uh, Especially after, like, uh, Shadow of War, right? Yeah. Uh, But it also seems like they're being semi-self-aware with the whole shaggy going Super Saiyan. Yeah. And some of the uh, alternate costumes, like, uh, some of the Batman stuff they show, Where uh, yeah, it's alternate uh, timelines or yeah, alternate future Batman where he basically snapped. Yeah, Uh, the uh, the
2: injustice timeline.
1: Yeah, Which let's be honest, Batman whole uh, cave full of bitch be crazy.
0: Right. Batman does have some issues that would be issues. Good to
1: resolve in (laughs) therapy. (laughs) Uh. I I I I think saying Batman has issues is like the understatement of the night.
0: Right. Well, you know, there's still time. I might I might understate something else
1: worse. Uh, such as uh, well, Rockstar's uh, ineptitude? Oh wait. Right.
0: <laughs> the
1: Apology.jpg. Well well this was Apology.blog post. Uh so they're they're really sorry that they released a steaming pile of shit. And they promised to make it better. Oh, Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm not surprised that they released apology.jpg blog post dot jpeg slash blog post dot please buy our stuff.
2: Yeah. Uh, slash
1: uh, please stock prices stop falling.
0: Yeah. So, the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, the Definitive Edition um, Oh, a
1: shitty game.
0: It you know, was pulled from sale, which we talked about last week, right? Mm-hmm. We mentioned that it had been pulled. Um, and it has yeah. returned
1: for sale. Yeah. Oh, only on the Rockstar, Rockstar Launcher. And if you bought the Trilogy to the Definitive uh, Shitshow Edition, uh, you do get the original games for free. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah, because yeah, you need uh something decent to play, right? Yes. But so it, I just I can't
0: Yeah. This this one is one that I've never understood this statement. I mean, it you know, it's a bullshit nonsense statement. I you know, I get that, but I've never like it boggles my mind the whole We'll so they they issue an apology, yeah. and they state that it didn't meet their its you know our own standards of quality.
1: If it didn't, it, they would have released
0: it. Yeah, if it didn't actually meet your standards of quality, you would not have released it. So it, it met your standards. There's the standards are very, 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 very low. Or
1: they figured that they wouldn't get this much backlash and would maybe fish, fix it later. Yeah. So. I want to read some of their blog posts, because, right? Okay, please do. Hi, everybody! Uh, Dr. Dick entrance, right? Yeah. We want to provide an update regarding the unexpected technical issues that came to light as part of the launch of the Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy, the definitive edition. Unexpected.
0: Unexpected, really? Right? Yeah, did nobody look at this before it went out the door? I mean, I would, I would, I would believe if you said no, I'm not no one throw did. their
1: quality assurance out under the bus here. They knew, they just didn't care because, right? Yeah. Firstly, we want to sincerely apologize to everybody who has encountered issues playing these games. The Grand Theft Auto series and the games that make up this iconic trilogy are as special to us as we know they are to uh, the fans around the world. The updated version of these classic games did not launch in a state that meets our own standards of quality or the standards our fans have come to expect. (laughs) No, it met the standards that I've come to expect. At least from Modern Rockstar, right? Yeah. We have ongoing plans to address the technical issues and to improve each game going forward, with each planned update, the games will uh, reach the level of quality that they deserve to be. Right. <laughs> yeah. A new title update is on the way in the coming days for all versions of Grand Theft Auto, the Trilogy the Definitive Edition uh, that will address a number of issues, and we will update everyone as soon as it's live. In the meantime, it pains us to mention that we are hearing reports of members of the development teams being harassed on social media. We would kindly ask our community to please maintain a respectful and civil discourse around this release as we work through these issues. While it's shitty that they're going that people are going after the developers, it's also, right? Yeah, a
0: certain amount of going after them, I'm okay with. Like being death like, hey, threats, this game is no, shit. But, Why did you do but, this? Right? Don't don't do death threats. Don't threaten bodily harm against these people, their well, families, saying, or their stuff. Well, also
1: saying, hey, this is shit, right?
0: Yeah, but telling them that their game is bad, I don't. I think that's okay. And that They
1: should feel bad, right? And that they should feel bad. I think that's okay. Um. While One of our one of the goals of the definitive edition was to uh, make loads and loads of money for little effort. Oh wait, <laughs> sorry, I <laughs> error to last there.
0: That's that's the subtext. You're you're reading the subtext. Go back up to the regular
1: text. Uh, was to allow players to enjoy these games on modern platforms for many years to come. So we also understand some of you would still like to have the previous classic versions available for purchase. Was it really that hard to play the original versions on modern modern, uh, PC? I don't think it was. No, I don't think so. Uh, Modern consoles, maybe, because, yeah, right? Yeah. But, yeah, we will be adding the classic PC versions of Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas back to the Rockstar store uh, shortly as a bundle. Additionally, everybody who's purchased this uh, steaming piece of shit uh, on PC Uh, From the Rockstar store through June 30th, 2022, we received these classic versions in the Rockstar Games Launcher at no additional cost. (laughs) Right? You know
0: how I could get those games already at no additional cost? Yarg!
1: Piracy. And emulation, because... uh, I think all those are emulator... uh, 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 pretty strong in emulation now. Um, not, not, I mean, it, it looks like it pretty much, it's pretty simple to run a PS2 emulator for San Andreas, and that's the most demanding of the three. Yeah. Although, if you want to play on console, you're utterly fucked, because, yeah, right. Now it this has got old copies and an old console. Because that's the thing, is that they're not releasing this for the modern consoles. They're not releasing the Apology, uh, uh bundle for, you a know, uh, Switch or Xbox or... A PlayStation, yo! You're stuck with the she definitive edition. Which, Not yet. That's which, later. Which, which um, uh, uh, maybe somebody should. Ooh, 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 here's an idea for a campaign. Uh, shame I don't have the Twitter following to do it. I would love to, uh, have just people in mass tend dictionaries with the with the. With the definition of definitive highlighted to Rockstar. Right. That'd be hilarious, huh?
0: Very clearly not the definitive version, since it uh, has content that's been removed.
1: And made worse. uh, Yeah, like uh, the songs. I mean, that's the thing, is that they removed music that they themselves created. Because one of the songs was by a... uh, uh, in-game or in-universe band. (laughs) I mean, I understand that the artists themselves, they have to get paid royalties, most likely. But you're a rock star. You have shark card money. You have stupid amounts of money. Right. For someone outright refusing, uh, uh, you could get the music back in. And honestly... It's kind of the, the duel of uh, who's the bigger dicks in this, the music industry or the gaming industry, because of the licensing going on between the uh, the two, huh? Yeah. Although,
0: why not both? Why can't both be the biggest asshole? Seems possible.
1: Oh. Yeah, so uh, stay far away from uh, this release, or really pretty much anything from Rockstar, but that's kind of beside the point.
0: Yeah. Feel like that's just the way
1: things have to be Just stay away from Rockstar. Mm-hmm. Which pains me because uh, I've really enjoyed, well, two of the three games uh, back in the day. Uh, it, it seems like people have kind of uh, lost their nostalgia for GTA three, but it, it's rough, but at the same time it's rough for a reason. It was the first of the 3d uh, GTAs and there was a lot of, you know, Growing pains with it.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Vice City was a fun romp, and San Andreas was a good, like, 90s gang, uh, uh, essentially movie. It's a shame that, you know, it's in such a state. There's really no reason that they should have done that, but that's Rockstar for you. Yep. That is Rockstar for you. Well, not for me. Uh,
0: right? Yeah. So, do you want to go talk about a Games Award show?
1: Yeah, uh, the first of the season, it seems, right? First of the season. Or or I should say the first one that popped up. I mean, there could have been others, because, right? Yeah. But we're
0: going to take a look at the 2021 Golden Joystick Awards.
1: Yeah, so uh, I have links for both the nominees and the winners, and I guess we'll just take them in order of the winners and just kind of talk about each category. Where's the list of winners on this article. Uh, there, it's two of them. Uh, there's the nominations uh, on the first link, and then the winners on the second.
0: Yeah, I, I see that. I'm looking for the actual like list of winners on the second article.
1: Uh, it's down below the bullshit. Uh, uh in uh, yeah, an article ad. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah, I hate it when sites do that, but that's kind of par for the course these days, especially on. Uh, yeah, gaming sites. Yep. So the first one I see is best storytelling. Which, uh, a lot of these I think we're going to have some things to talk about, but uh, for others I don't think a lot. Because, yeah, so best storytelling is between Life is Strange 2 Colors, Psychonauts 2, Walder Myth, 12 Minutes, uh, Checkery, A Colorful Tale, and Tales of uh, Arise. I played a, a couple of these. And I know you played 12 Minutes. Yeah, I played 12 Minutes. Um, was aware of Psychonauts 2. I played the uh, I played Psychonauts 2. I played the demo for Chicory, A Colorful Tale, when it was uh, released as the Steam... Uh, one of the Steam uh, uh, India things. Yeah. Uh, and it was kind of a uh, Zelda-esque... Uh, Zelda meets, like, uh, watercolors. I didn't realize it was fully released, though. Uh, It was one of those where it has sort of the Zelda overarching uh, story. Yeah. uh, uh, World in Peril. Collect. uh, Well, it's on my wish list, but that could be from the demo. Uh, World in Peril you're the chosen one because reasons uh, go do your thing, but only instead it's also world's been uh, had all the color sucked out of it. Go color it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, from everything I know about the developer, the store, uh, the winner of this one's no surprise, right?
0: Yeah. I'm not surprised by, by the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, life is strange. True colors. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, Life of Strange series, good. Um, we have enjoyed what we have, you know, played. Yeah, we're still, series, what, quite two expanded now?
1: Yeah, two of them uh, behind now? Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to play uh, uh, Life of Strange 2 at some point. Uh, probably for Game Club, because yeah, right? Yeah. So, the
0: next one, best multiplayer game. Uh, they had Deathloop, It Takes Two, Chivalry 2, Back for Blood, Valheim, and Naraka Blade Point. I haven't played really any of these.
1: The only one on the uh, list
0: I have played is Valheim.
1: Yeah, I've heard uh, Deathloop uh, is very polarizing. It uses kind of the. Well, Watchdogs uh, slash. Uh, uh, Dark Souls uh, invasion mechanic.
3: Mm hmm.
1: Which. <laughs> it doesn't really ring multiplayer to me, you know? I mean, I know technically it is, but at the same time, when I think multiplayer, I think either dedicated co-op or, you know, a dedicated uh competitive, not yeah, you know, sometimes uh, it is, sometimes it isn't, right? Yeah. And Back for Blood would be more for that. Uh the the winner from once again everything I heard, it takes two. Uh Kind of hammers home a little bit of uh, its morals a little heavily at times, but it's supposedly a very good uh, uh, multiplayer cooperative multiplayer experience.
0: Yeah, cooperative multiplayer l- l- adventure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Valheim. Having played Valheim, I talked about it much, much, much earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Viking survival crafting game is is fun. Um, I don't know. Apparently, they've added a bunch of stuff since I played last time, and I don't know if they've improved the performance of the game. But I mean, it it was a good time. I'm surprised it didn't win. Like I felt like it had a huge sort of spotlight in the sun. Um, but you know,
1: who knows? Could just be. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, one of the indie darlings that kind of flies under the radar. Yeah, perhaps. All right, next. Hmm. Um, uh yeah, uh, you could go for it.
0: Okay, best visual design. The nominees were
1: Ratchet and uh, Audio.
0: Uh, uh audio next up on the. Oh, list. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the list. I apologize. It, the the list of the nominees, not the list of the winners.
1: That's why I was wanting to say go for the winner list because it's yeah.
0: Where the uh, fuck it, is
1: the audio on here?
0: There it is. Best audio. Returnal, Jet, The Far Shore, Sable. Little Nightmares 2, Resident Evil Village, and The Artful Escape. Which, hadn't played any of them. <laughs> well, I hadn't played any of them. I watched a few things about Resident Evil Village earlier in the year. A um, uh, giant stompy lady, right? Yeah, big stompy lady. But, I, I don't know. The, the audio for Resident Evil Village was good. Um, I mean, it won, so I guess I could see why it won. It was very atmospheric, very creepy, scary. It did what it was supposed to.
1: Okay, but. so... Uh, I'll take uh, Best Visual Design, which is up next. Ratchet yep. & Clank uh, Rift Apart, Psychonauts 2, The Artful Escape, Little Nightmares 2, Hitman 3, and Genesis Noir. Yep. Some uh, real uh, you know, tough ones in there, actually, huh? Because I'm... I hadn't actually played uh, Artful Escape, but I've uh, looked at it a bit when it came up in uh, Discovery Queue. Yeah. It has kind of this psychedelic uh, uh, theme going to it. And Psychonauts 2 uh, has it in spades, just, you know, the uh, visual design. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in this winner of uh, uh, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. It, it just looks kind of like a Ratchet & Clank game to me. Ratchet and Clank A Rift Apart,
0: I thought, looked really good. Um, I mean, it does look like a Ratchet and Clank game, but I don't know. I always liked that
1: mm-hmm. uh, aesthetic. Yeah, but you've also I haven't played through Psychonauts 2. No, I haven't. And Artful Escape, I feel like, is up there. Uh, Hitman 3, meh, right? Uh, Lone Nightmares, I haven't actually played. I'm looking at screenshots of it, though. And it, it, it definitely has, you know, that theme to it so it, it I would put it above it as well
0: I feel like Valheim could have gone on here too like Valheim had a really interesting minimalistic art style that made it very very beautiful
1: Yeah, Genesis Noir uh, once again it has kind of the minimalist feel to it so it might, it might be you know uh, uh, that uh, you know, slot for you know uh, Artistic minimalist game here, right? Yeah. So, although it, it's not just in 2D like a lot of these are, it, it, I'm just looking at the trailer for it. And it's actually quite impressive. It has kind of this uh, line art uh, look to it, but it's in full 3D, proper 3D, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's actually really hard to do uh, uh, based on some of the uh, uh, trailer. Yeah, Uh, actually really impressive looking. But uh, let's just give it to Big name Title. So Best Game Expansion is next.
0: Yeah, Best Game Expansion. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima Iki Island. Final Fantasy VII Remake Episode Intermission. That's a mouthful. The Outer Worlds Murder on Eridanos. Sims 4 Cottage Living. Super Mario Bowser's Fury. And Doom Eternal: The Ancient Gods Part Two. Um, I mean, the winner was Ghosts of Tsushima. Uh, I haven't played any of these expansions, nor have I played many, maybe any of the base games. Let's see. Yeah, I haven't. Well, I played the Outer Worlds. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, wait a minute, right? But I haven't played any of the other games on that list, so I don't know if it if it deserved it. I just I shrugged.
3: <laughs>
0: All right.
1: Yep. So, mobile game of the year. Yep. Uh, Clap Hans Golf, Fantasian, Overboard, Albia A Wildlife Adventure, which I think that one was on Switch as well. Cozy Grove, and League of Legends Wild Rift. Right? Sweet. So, League of Legends won because, of course, right?
2: Because, of I mean, course. I mean,
1: honestly, it just looks like League of Legends only mobile, which. Really, that's... Kind of surprised that it wasn't a thing already, thinking about it. (laughs) Right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was some League of Legends like mobile stuff, but to see it, you know, like a full-blown League of Legends mobile game, Mm -hmm. can't believe that didn't exist already.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh, Clapham's Golf is iOS only, so that would explain why I never heard of that one. Yeah. Pretty sure I'll be... I'm seeing what that is. Yeah, that was also on Switch. I saw that pop up a couple times when I was looking at games on there. It's kind of a... It, it, you're going to laugh at me for the comparison, but kind of a mixture of the Stardew Valley-esque, you know, or Animal Crossing you know, kind of life sim meets Pokemon Snap where you're trying to save this town by... Taking photos of endangered, uh, uh, or endangered rare animals that just uh, inhabit the world to try to prevent big evil corporation from taking over the land and, uh, you know, building a-, a new shopping center. Because, of course, right? Right. Katie just walked in here. Give me a second. Yeah, I was trying to continue talking.
0: Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you were buying <laughs> me time. I'm, I'm going to mute myself. All right. I'm back.
1: Okay, welcome back. It looks like uh, Overboard is pretty much your your choose-your-own-adventure kind of... uh, uh, Sorry, a murder has been committed aboard the SS Hook, eight hours out from uh, New York. One problem. You did it. Can you get away with murder? (laughs) (laughs) So it's a reverse murder mystery where you're trying to prevent uh, yourself from uh, being... uh, uh, Well... Found guilty of murder interesting although a a touch expensive for a mobile game uh almost seven bucks you know you start to get into the realm of ported triple titles at that range
0: yeah, although i mean I would rather play you know pay a few i'm i' i would rather pay five bucks plus or minus a little bit mm. to get a good actual game on a mobile device as opposed to shitty games chock full of ads that you can pay two ninety
1: nine dollars to get rid of the ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the problem is that often you have trouble finding you know, the games that are worth it at this price range versus the ones that are you know, just kind of good enough versus you know, actually good ones, right? Yeah. What I do when I'm trying to find mobile games is I will
0: um I'll play a mobile game that's full of shitty ads and like just download all of the games that pop up in the ads and then try those out and like sort of keep following the chain until I find one that's worth playing hmm. cuz finding guides to like good mobile games can be hard to do too and go- well it at least in my experience Google the Play Store they do a shitty job of actually recommending good games
1: or you'll have a game that uh it's like five stars, and you know uh, the top all the top reviews are you know don't play this because of blank right yeah but yeah there anyways. is a, a touch arcade actually ha is a decent site that uh, uh does reviews
2: uh-huh
1: uh and uh, what was the other one uh pocket tactics is another one I've been told is pretty good that read every so often on there. Although they uh, cover some uh, Nintendo stuff as well, because... Right? Yeah. That's technically mobile.
0: Technically. Which I am okay uh,
1: Like, they have an article on here, best Switch card games. Um, The Ruined King, uh, a League of Legends story Switch review. Some Pokemon stuff, because, you know, that just released. And have guides from the biggest mobile gaming... uh, Ones on here, uh, Genshin Impact, of course, Mythic Heroes. So, yeah, uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh,
0: the next one is uh, best indie games. So, I, uh, I indie see indie best games. gaming hardware. Oh, did I skip that one by accident? Oops, best gaming hardware. Uh, don't worry, most people
1: are so best <laughs> gaming hardware, uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S. Nvidia GeForce RTX thirty eighty because right, uh, Nintendo hard or uh, Nintendo Switch OLED or W Black SN eighty fifty. Hang on,
0: why the hell did they put an SSD on here? <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's is this what that is? Western Digital yeah, yeah, Black SN eight fifty. Yeah, it's an M dot two uh, SSD. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, Better yet, why the hell does uh, PC have uh, SSD and a video card that nobody can fucking find and not the actual platform?
0: Yeah. Right? (laughs) That's really weird. I mean, they they gave it to PS5, and like, sure, I guess. Sure. I mean, technically, since you can't find... An RTX 3080, and even if you do find it, you probably can't afford it because it's being scalped all to hell. You know, sure, I'll give him that one, but otherwise, it's just no contest on on what should win that. But I, I get it; you have to be able to find the hardware in order for it to be the best. It's right. just
1: weird, huh?
0: Yeah, the NVMe or the the SSD was the the weirdest one for me, though. <laughs> Sure, I guess. I mean, SSDs are cool. So,
1: best indie game. Yeah. Uh, Death's Door, Checkery, A Colorful Tale, Old World, Wonder Myth, Bonfire Peaks, and Sable. I haven't played any of these games. <laughs> uh, I haven't even heard of most of them, to be honest. Am I that out of touch? No, wait, it's the children that are wrong. The children that are wrong. So, Death Door 1, and it looks like it's an ARPG beat up
2: Sure. Works for me.
1: Uh, Studio of the Year. <clears throat> looks like... Uh, oh, sorry, I'm trying to figure out... Oh, okay, it looks like it is on Steam, so... Yeah, oh, it's on my but... wish list, but that doesn't really mean much, right? <laughs> Yeah. I, oh, I think this was the boss rush game uh, that popped up in uh, Discovery Queue a while back. Or oh, one okay. of them. Okay. That makes a lot more sense now. So, studio of the year. Or, yes, or more studio like the least least shitty studio,
0: right? Oh, yeah. Wait. <laughs> Maria. So, IO Interactive, Arcane, Housemark, Double Fine, Capcom, and Drapneck and Friends. I had never heard of that studio. What is Draknek and Friends? To the Google. Oracle. Lovingly crafted puzzle game since 2013. A uh, bubble game. They made Bonfire Peaks. Most recently. Monster Expedition. Sokobond. Cosmic Express. Oh, Cosmic Express. Okay. That that's one I recognize. A good snowman is hard to build. I've seen that. I haven't played it, but I've seen it. Cool. Alright. I was aware of some of their games. Didn't realize who they were, but I was aware of them. Uh yeah, Capcom won because
2: right. reasons.
1: Uh, I mean Capcom, really? Considering everything that's gone on with them lately.
0: Yeah. Right. Um Housemark did Returnal this year. Okay. What are the games that they made? Returnal, Nex Machina, Matterfall, Alienation, Resogun, okay, Outland, quite a few games, Super Stardust, which I've never heard of, Dead Nation, Golf, tee it up, all the way back in 2008. What's their oldest game? Stardust, 1993 on the Amiga. So this is an old studio that I just don't know all that much about. All right. Anyways, uh, I, don't, I don't have anything else to
1: say except mm-hmm. why. Yeah. It's just... Mm. It feels like picking Studio of the Year this one is uh, this time is kind of the least stinky turd, but then you pick Capcom because... Right? Yeah. So, best performer. Jason Keeley, Cole Vanden, uh, Deathloop. Erica Molly, uh, uh, Alex Chin, uh Life is Strange, uh, True Colors, Maggie Roberson, uh, Big Stompy Lady, uh, uh Resident <laughs> Evil uh, uh, village, yeah Osmondia Oz- Akavia, uh, Julia Juliella Blank Death uh, Deathloop, Jennifer Hale, uh, Rivet uh in Ratchet and Clank, A uh, Rift Apart, and Elijah Wood as with spoiler face. Uh in uh, Psychonauts too. They actually give a pretty big spoiler there. Yeah. Uh so uh big stompy vampire lady uh wins because right? Right. I I, I mean, from what I saw, her voice performance was
0: fine, but I mean let's be real here, yeah, she, she won because she's the big sexy stompy lady.
1: Yeah, and she's also yeah, you know, was kind of the face for uh, uh she was the boss of uh Resident Evil Village. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really play that huge a role in the game, but no. they, they push her forward because yeah, you know, right? Yeah, because she's sexy. And has a, a very charismatic voice actor.
0: And huge tracts of land.
1: Especially because she's a giant. <laughs> that helps. Yeah.
0: Right. The next one is called the Breakthrough Award. I'm looking for that on
1: this list. I don't... I must have scrolled past it. I actually am not finding it. So there was a couple that was uh, voter only, so that might be one of them. Uh, gotcha. so basically, people nominated and voted. Okay. So the breakthrough award was House Marquee. Yeah, that, which is a
2: developer. Um, they were they're a game uh, developer. Nocturnal.
1: Uh, is there? or oh, sorry returnal returnal uh, is, their, mm-hmm. is their big one which i'm not usually from all oh, playstation exclusive that would explain it right i heard it, i i heard good things about it aside from the fact that
0: its save system was like terrible um uh, what was bad about it it was uh, so it's a like roguelite you know sort of run game you know where you, you mm-hmm. do runs and yada yada you know that whole jazz uh, and
1: overarching progression, blah, 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 right? Right, but there was no way mid-run Oh, was to, this the one that was the... Each run was like six hours or something?
0: Yeah, and there was no way to save mid-run. So people were, would just, like, pause and leave their uh, PlayStations on and go do stuff and come back to play later because there was no way to, like, save it mid-run. And sometimes your auto-saves could get corrupted or, you know, like, there's no way to control them. So, yeah, it's safe system. was, like, fun, was broken. Yeah,
1: and it looks like they only added in mid-save, or mid-run saving uh, a month ago. And I have a feeling Returnal's been out for a lot longer than that. Oh,
0: yeah. It came out near the beginning of the year, like, first quarter of this year.
1: Uh, April 30th. So, yeah, I mean uh there was the uh, gladiator game uh uh the the indie game that uh where you were uh managing a house of gladiators ha that, that was very bad about the save system as well what is it with save systems that people think that you know, uh, you know uh, the game's only a few hours long of run yeah uh, you know, they don't need saving right right but even I
0: you know don't always sit for Hours at a time to, to to have a gaming session. It depends on what's going on, you know. But okay, so the next one is the best game community. Uh, so they have nominees: Final Fantasy XIV, No Man's Sky, Dreams, Monster Hunter Rise, Destiny Two, and Magic the Gathering.
1: Magic the Gathering on there, really? Yep,
0: Magic the Gathering Arena. <laughs>
1: Uh, considering uh, you know, back to the gathering. Mm-hmm. I would. I
0: I think No Man's Sky is a pretty good community online. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I don't really know about much of the rest of them. Well, I mean, Final I know Fantasy what 14 Rise is. Won yeah, Final Fantasy 14 one. I don't know anything uh, about I mean, it in
1: that community either. I mean, Final Fantasy 14 it, It's one of the More popular and less broken MMOs nowadays. Yeah. So, you know, I think people have kind of rallied around it, especially after a new world kind of chatted itself on launch.
0: Yeah. Blew off both of its feet and
1: then tried to (laughs) waddle around on the stumps. Uh, Just shedding itself the entire time. Right. Uh, World of Warcraft has kind of gone downhill. Pretty much any time I hear anything about the lore of it, it's just, really? <laughs> They're doing yeah. that now? I think World of Warcraft, uh, they kind of uh, yeah, spent their load in uh, the Burning Crusade. Yo, they got rid of all the major plot characters in one expansion and left nothing for the la- later on, right? Yeah. So, all right. The still-playing award. <laughs> so this one's actually a longer one. Uh, Apex Legends. Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy XIV, Destiny 2, GTA Online, Genshin Impact, Fortnite, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Rocket League, and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Yep. The, uh... I I really any of those, to be honest.
0: Yeah, they all have large communities that people are still playing, and most of them have an eSports scene to help. Um... The winner was Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. which I think is nice. Um, I, I mean, they, well, Final well, Fantasy XIV, like they rebuilt that game from scratch after it was a flop on launch. Hell, and
1: it's re- I, they went full uh, Cataclysm on it and had a dragon destroy the world and worked yeah. into the lore, didn't they? Yeah, they did that. Which, it's kind of uh, interesting that they actually wrote in a relaunch of the game into the game's lore, right? Uh-huh. Oh, how is he gone? Sorry. Uh,
0: next PC game of the year. Maybe I'll have heard of the games in this category. <laughs> uh, don't count on it. All right, we've got Wilder Myth, Chivalry Two, Old World, Hitman Three, Pathfinder, and The Forgotten City. Uh, uh, I mean,
1: Barbie wonders why the hell I've not heard of Old World before this. I think. I've heard of Old World? I feel like I have. Uh, it's down on your wish list. Oh, well, then I'm, maybe I have it. Uh, it's another one of the Civ-likes out there. Oh. I mean, very Civ-like, oh, with a little bit of uh, Crusader Kings in it as well. Fancy. Where there's some sort of inheritance b- mechanic going on. I'm not 100% sure what they're going on, uh, what's going on with it because, you know, just found it. But it looks like, uh, as you prog- uh, progress on, it has a Crusader Kings-esque, uh, progression of, uh, your character, maybe? Uh, I'm fam- uh, for politics, raise your hairs, uh, manage your relationship with families in your kingdom. Uh, in the Fast and Furious world of Kings and Queens families matters. Each of the seven kingdoms has four double families that provide various. Benefit. I mean, I mean, I'm surprised that we haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, oh, it's not even out. That's why. Why the hell is it? Why is it the hell is it on this list?
0: Is it an early
1: access thing? No, it's not even out on Steam unless it's uh, Epic only, which that mm. could be, and that could be why I haven't heard about it.
0: Could be. Maybe yeah, it looks the- like.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's uh, Epic only for now. That would explain why I haven't heard about it. Uh, the, the beta for the game is still active. Yeah. That would explain uh, why I had not heard about it. Because, right? And Epic's uh, store discovery sucks. Yeah. Is it just Old World? Here it is, Old World.
0: Thirty five ninety nine on the Epic Store.
1: Yeah, so see you next year, right?
0: Yeah, looks pretty neat though.
1: Um, yeah. So what actually won this category? Oh yeah, Hitman. Hitman Three because Because, yeah, because reasons. Because marketing. Honestly, well, the Forgotten City is an interesting one, even though it has all sorts of controversy around its release because. Uh, some of the stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, Having a such a story-heavy game with extremely limited uh, combat, I don't think there's actually any combat in it. Uh, It's intriguing. The fact that that, that that didn't get more of a nod, right? Yeah. Honestly, everything seems more interesting than Hitman 3. That is true. Very true. Uh, to be all fair, right. they also have one that's not even released yet. Yeah. So, Nintendo Game of the Year: The New Pokemon Snap, Neo, The World Ends With You, Monster Hunter Rise, Bravely Default 2, Warrior Wear, Get It Together, and Metroid Dread. Yep. Um, I and mean, the winner is yeah. Metroid Dread. I mean, honestly, all of them are pretty solid. Uh, Uh, Picks for various reasons. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I thought the Pokemans might have ran, or not might have ran, might have won. Might have ran away with it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's
1: also more of a niche uh, title, though. Because, right? Uh, That's the uh, Pokemon Snap. That's uh, the uh, photography one. It's it's essentially a first-person shooter, technically. I mean, you're shooting photos. Mm Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Metroid Dread, it had a lot of good reviews, and it was the first 2D Metroid in ages, so, mm, all right? Yeah. I mean, it's, like I said, it, it's really hard to argue with any of these. I've heard uh, a lot of good things about the new Monster Hunter, uh, Bravely Default, I'm not as familiar with. Um, But, you know, JRPG, uh, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. Uh, WarioWare is kind of like always this black sheep uh, for uh, Nintendo. It sells really well, but never seems to really get a lot of recognition. It's the uh micro games, you know, you know a few hundred micro games that you, know, you play in quick succession with a bit of a story tying it all together. Yeah, and this one is the one that uh has all the characters in it that uh interact differently with each of the games, so it kind of uh, adds different mod- uh, uh, modifiers. So, really strong pulls for any of them, but I definitely see Metroid Dread.
0: Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, next Xbox Game of the Year. So, we've got Lost Judgment, The Ascent, Psychonauts 2, Microsoft Flight Simulator, The Artful Escape,
1: and 12 Minutes. I mean, really? Uh, Microsoft Flight Sim? I-, I know it's on there, but at the same time, right? Yeah.
0: Also, Microsoft Flight Sim
1: released last year. Well, I think it had its console release this year. Ah, okay. I could be mistaken on that one, though.
0: I mean, the winner was Psychonauts 2. And based on the discussion that we've had, you know, both when you played it and just here, you know, a few minutes ago.
1: I would say uh, probably the strongest one out of there, but then again, I'm not familiar with uh, a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lost Judgment looks interesting. It has a very Yakuza vibe to it. And I'm not sure why, and I don't mean it because it's Asians. I mean just some of the screenshots of it. it rem- oh, it's from the Yakuza series. That would that would explain it. <laughs> right. That, yep. Nope. That checks out. <laughs> it looks like it's a side series of uh, Yakuza, uh, based on uh, a quick Google search. So, I, hey, nailed that one, right? Yeah. You know you're Yakuza I, 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 I was afraid I was sounding uh, slightly racist saying, Well, this feels like Yakuza because it's Asians. And the ascent, uh Oh, it's the uh action RPG that there there some talk about this uh being a bit eh, if I recall correctly. So so PlayStation Game of the Year. Um do we even
0: want- <laughs> Do we even need to read the nominees?
1: Oh <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. It's is Resident Evil 8.
0: Big heard, stompy
1: sexy lady wins the day. I mean the other ones was Death Loop, which I've heard a lot of eh. Returnal, which eh. Ratchet Clink. Meh. Uh Death Stranding. Director's cut. Yeah, uh, yeah, so uh so, so does that mean they uh uh circumcise the uh the man baby thing? Right. <laughs> And Kenya uh, Bridge of Spirits, which that's the only one that hasn't popped up before.
0: Let's see what this is. Kenya Bridge of Spirits.
1: Looks like uh, Action RPG, or JRPG. Yeah. Looks right. interesting. But once again, yeah, it looks like... It's, is it a... Oh, it says it's on Windows, but where? Oh, Epic Store. That would explain it. That would explain why I haven't heard about this one. Yep. Because... I stay fucking far away from that uh, place.
0: So next we got Most Wanted Game. That's another long list. Mm -hmm. God of War Ragnarok. Horizon Forbidden West. That's the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, Halo Infinite. uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns. GTA 5 Enhanced Edition. Right. Skate 4. Elden Ring. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Can't
1: believe they're still making Lego Star Wars games. The Legend <laughs> of Zelda Breath of the well, Wild. Well, they're going to milk that franchise to death. <laughs> yeah. And I'm talking about both Star Wars and Lego. Because oh, yeah, you know, the Skywalker uh, Saga. Everything I've heard it's just yeah, you know, it's like worse and worse. Yeah. But Br- Breath of the Wild 2,
0: Pokémon's Legends: Arceus, Starfield and Gotham
1: Knights. I don't know why anybody is uh, uh, would put Starfield on their list because, yeah, it's Bethesda, right? Right. I mean, or, it'll or, come out or, 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 eventually. Or, or where? Probably. I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to be out this year, so. Hmm. Or this coming year. It'll be over budget and undercooked. Oh, I just said but it's a Bethesda game. Do, do I need to say any more? Touche.
0: Uh, the the winner was Elden Ring, which is the J.R.R. Tolkien written, Dark Souls like game. At least that's how
1: it has been advertised. When I've seen it, you know, I, I'm gonna wait and see on that one. I, I'm if I had to pick on this one, I would have to go to Legend of Zelda. But there's not a lot known about it just yet. Yeah,
0: not sure what I would have picked. I've seen a ton of stuff about Horizon, uh, Forbidden West recently, Halo Infinite. But their multiplayer beta thingy has,
1: has pushed themselves back up to the front of the zeitgeist. So I don't I don't know. Well, it could just be because I've been playing a bit of Breath of the Wild here and there as well uh, lately. Uh, yeah, I was having trouble figuring out where to go next and kind of the open nature of Breath of the Wild kind of shot me in the foot. I didn't trigger yeah. something uh, because I I one of the towns that you have to go to uh, for the main story, assuming that you're not speedrunning it and just skipping all the content, uh, you trigger a cutscene on the road leading up to it. But I kind of use the paraglider to go from this giant tower down to it because mm-hmm. I, uh, the way that it's very Assassin's Creed in it, where you unlock the map by going to towers. And climbing them and, you know, essentially downloading the map uh, to your totally not Nintendo Switch Nintendo Switch. Right. And I just saw a town down there and I just, oh, oh, well, I'll go down there. And, you know, couldn't figure out you know, what I was supposed to do. Well, the character I was supposed to talk to to get into it, I was supposed to be on the way to there. <laughs> so, whoops, right? Yeah.
3: Whoopsie.
1: So, Critics' right. Choice Award. Uh, yeah. Uh, was this even? Uh, this wasn't on there. I'm pretty sure that that's yeah you know, one that was voted on. So, it was Deathloop. It's, eh, right? I mean, everything I heard about Deathloop, it's kind of meh.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard mixed things about Deathloop. Not that it's, like, horrendous or anything, but certainly nothing. It super doesn't do great. it. it
1: like, doesn't do anything interesting with its uh, mechanics. Yeah. So and and it's also one of those games that it tries to promise itself being a lot more open than what it is, and there's a definite right answer to the game's uh, overarching puzzle of how to beat it. And if you don't do exactly what they do, what they want you to do, you're not going to beat it because yeah, you know, right? Yeah. So. so ultimate game of the year. so Woo. this is what right, this is a long list, so hang on. So Death Loop, Psychonauts 2: Resident Evil big stompy Lady Edition. Ratchet and Clank, Wonder Hitman, the Uh, the trace. The Forgotten City. It takes two: <laughs> Metroid Dread and Mass Effect. The legendary edition.
0: I mean, I would have voted for Mass Effect, but I'm heavily biased.
1: Yeah, yeah, y- y- yeah. Y- you're so biased that I'm surprised that you're not a, a judge in Wisconsin. Oh, hi-oh. <laughs> Hardcore social
0: cutting, biting commentary
1: <laughs>
0: on the Kyle Rittenhouse case. <laughs> Fucking bastard needs to be in jail right now.
1: Uh-oh. Uh oh. Dawson's freaking content coming up.
0: Nah, I'm just, I'm too tired to rant. But just yeah. utter shit show. Uh, utter shit my, my, show.
1: Might as well have been produced by EA.
0: Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It feels like the same level of competence.
1: So, it uh, should uh, surprise nobody that Big Stompy Lady edition of Resident Evil won, because of course it did. Of course? I think it was the most winning game on this list, actually. I mean, it won the most times, but right? Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, next,
1: the ultimate hardware of all time. Uh, this one didn't have a list, I don't think, but, I mean, we don't need a list, because the glorious PC Gaming Master Race wins in the end. Absolutely. We always win in the end. I mean, on this one, this one feels a bit more... I've, am I crazy that I would go historical and go, like, you know, some of the... uh uh Sega arcade cabinets or that sort of thing. Yeah. So things that would uh that had a more historical significance. Because yes, I know. I know all games are designed on PC. Yeah. But you know uh driven forward. Uh arcade cabinets really were what it was at uh, you know in the 80s and 90s. Right?
0: Yeah, until home computing got strong enough, up, yeah yeah
1: so it's yeah right i mean i'm glad at pc but at the same time i'm thinking you know there could have been other things right or maybe i'm just doing yeah more uh uh putting more significance on what it could have been right yeah maybe i don't know and the final one is the ultimate game of all time it's right, and I disagree. So, it's, the, it's the Dark Souls of uh, of game awards. I think it... Uh, dark Souls, it has its place in uh, being now the shortcut gaming journalism bullshit of this game is difficult. Yeah. This game is difficult and complicated. It doesn't explain itself very well at all. It's the Dark Souls of Dark Souls.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dark Souls is fine. I don't like it. It doesn't jive with me. But Dark Souls is fine. Most people seem really interested in in Dark Souls and the Dark Souls franchise. But I'm just like, nah.
1: There is supposedly a very deep lore to it if you look into it. But the thing is that, right? Yeah. I, I think the main thing is that people have latched onto it because it might have been one of the first really mainstream's all ultra difficult games uh, for the internet age, you know? If that makes any sense? Yeah. Because there there were obviously very difficult games before, but it's one of those things that it's one of the ones that the real kind of zeitgeist of the internet got behind for whatever reason, right?
0: Yeah. Praising the sun, those sweet sweet memes uh-huh. about praising the sun. Yeah.
1: So much that there's an Amiibo for it. <laughs> I'm praise not the sun.
0: Does it say "Praise
1: the sun"? Uh, there's. Uh, on, I'm gonna um, link this to you. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go. Link, link me. Text. Link me. Well, hang on. I'm just going to go to Amazon because why not, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, they'll try to sell it to me later. It's actually not as expensive as I thought it would be, but eh, right. Yeah. Okay. Long time, um, uh, like, inbound. <laughs> Praise the sun. Beautiful. All right. Maybe that's it. It's one of the first ultra-difficult games that got so mainstream, though, right? Because before that, you know, they were kind of marginalized because, you know, people would get frustrated with them. Yeah. Um, that was it. That was the last thing that was listed. Or the other part maybe just simply because it's such gaming journalism shorthand for difficult game that, yeah, you know, it's the ultimate game of all time. It's the Dark Souls of uh, Dark, Souls. <laughs> yeah. so, Dark
3: Souls.
1: Yeah.
2: The Dark Souls of Dark Souls. We've come full circle. Full circle, people.
1: Yeah, so let's drop it off at Community Corner.
0: Indeed. So sh- we got this from Ghost, Ghosty Goo. Ghosty um, Goober. Streamlabs under fire from. Oh no, that's not the one I put in the show notes. To or not the
1: yeah, I put, I put a, a secondary Sorry. one as well.
0: Yeah, Streamlabs drops OBS from company name in response to recent controversy.
1: Oh right. Yep. It's um. Just, oh, go ahead. Uh, kind of a dick move, honestly. From uh, everything I <clears throat> I understood. They're basically taking the open-source software and trying to uh, create market confusion with their paid software. Because, of course, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so they
0: said, uh, let's see, Wednesday. So I guess this was last Wednesday. Streamlabs issued a statement saying that they will drop the OBS from its name and then takes full responsibility for its actions. Statement did not make reference to the accusation from Lightstream.
1: But. Yeah, which yeah, stri- uh, Lightstream uh, posted a link uh, to both their and OBS's sites, and they're eerily similar. <laughs> yeah. Which Lightstream is uh, uh, its own streaming studio browser plug-in thingy. But <laughs> they have the tweet here, Hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Near the launch of, so the tweet, near
0: the launch of Slobs Streamlabs OBS, at Streamlabs reached out to us to about using the OBS name. We kindly asked them to not. They did so anyways and followed up by filing a trademark.
1: So the other words, uh, to, utter dicks.
0: Yeah, we tried to sort this out in private, and they have been uncooperative at every turn. I mean, you don't have to cooperate with someone who's in the wrong. Like...
2: Mm-hmm. That, uh, Yeah. So, yeah, as someone who hasn't streamed in years, I
0: don't, like, I'm just like, okay, they did something shitty. Fuck them. Mm -hmm. I've got no personal investment, though, in this situation. (laughs) You know? Nothing to really drive any of my annoyance other than, like, well, they did a shitty thing. Now they're changing their name. They're going to hope that they get out of it.
1: specifically asked not to do such a shitty thing, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, I mean, Ghost posted this because he streams occasionally, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, talked about wanting to stream more. Um, I suppose that this was just monumentally frustrating to him, which is okay. That is a fine and dandy reason to send us something in mm-hmm. the mail.
1: Yeah, not 100% sure what to do with it, but we do appreciate it, right? Yeah. I think this is one of those that it's outside of our wheelhouse just enough because I only streamed a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and honestly, it kind of underbounded things because it screwed up things on other uh, services. But That's back uh, background stuff. And you, yeah. you know, you only stream occasionally and usually it's when you're being an utter dick. Right. All right. What else you got? You got anything else about that? Uh, No, and that was all the community corner this time around. Sorry there was a lot of discussion on that one, but it's kind of... They were kind of dicks. They were dicks. They did a shitty thing. Yeah. Dickheads. Yeah. Yeah, might as well put them in charge of Activision Blizzard, right?
0: (laughs) Right. Collectively, let's all refer to them as dickheads.
2: No, as as, as Codics. Right.
1: Still dickhead. Like I said, a <laughs> Bobby. It even sounds like it, right? It even Stop. has that kind of dirty connotation to it, doesn't it?
0: It does. It does indeed. Alright, so that brings us to the end of Community Corner. Yeah, and if I
1: you am... send anything, you can do so at gmail at gmail.com, uh, tweet it to us, Visual podcast or drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at visualpodcast.podbean.com Woo!
0: I'm drifting pretty hardcore, uh, struggling to stay focused. So I well, don't well, know. Well, hopefully make it you're banking your do. skill points. Right, I'm banking yeah. I can only bank ten at a time. I learned that, so yeah. don't wanna don't yeah, wanna yeah, overbank.
1: Yeah, good thing it's not the completely different from the previous one. Oh wait.
0: Indeed. Hint, uh. hint, hint
2: <laughs> Tease. But yeah, why don't
1: you a tease never? <laughs> so hey, rage, why don't you uh, hit him with them socials? Well, I've been caffeine rage. You can find me uh, tweeting occasionally at Gaming CR or if you're used to be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been
0: Gaming Psychologist. You can find oh shit, I hit my mic. You can't find that anywhere except right here. <laughs> you can find me on the YouTube's by searching for such Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on Twitter at JMA four seven zero seven. Where I have posted things about battletech and shit posts and and things,
1: oh, what about spicy memes?
0: I haven't done too many spicy memes here lately. I need to do some more spicy memes. Oh, I'm all to... behind.
1: I'm gonna have to send you some more spicy memes. please do.
0: I love spicy <laughs> memes. in fact, everyone <laughs> send me spicy memes, but uh, I lost my train of thought Twitter, yeah, Twitter, I post shit on there, and then you'll be friends with me on Discord if you join our discord. Or or on Steam, uh, my thing is jr four seven zero seven.
1: Woo! Woo! And once again, if you wish to contact us uh, as the show, you can do us at Podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, tweet them to us, VGL Podcast, or drop by the uh, Discord, which you can find over at vglpodcast.podbean.com, as well as the RSS feed to share the love. The show notes for all the insanity that we've talked about, or at least most of it, and links to all our other stuff. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this, uh you know, utter insanity possible. You can find out more, more about that over at patreoncom VGLpodcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kim McLoyd. and you can find his work over at Computech.com and
0: as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. See you next time.
3: Bye-bye.